0: On today's episode of the Blue Bloods, we're finally recapping the last college football games of the season, other than the national championship, of course. Uh, So on this episode, we have our final pick six recap, Uh, the reintroduction of coaching carousel because things are getting kind of crazy in the world of college football. Uh, We touch on a few more players making decisions to declare for the draft or to stay at their schools, and we're going to cap this episode off with the first annual Blue Bloods College Football Bowl Awards. Uh, That's right. We have our own award show now, so we're finally moving up in the industry. If you thought the last two episodes were long, well, strap in because this one, there's no telling. Uh, So let's go ahead and get it kicked off. our pick six recap of uh for this episode anyway uh the first game we're gonna cover is the ticket smarter i was about to say ticket master but apparently it's tickets uh ticket smarter birmingham Bowl. uh and we had boston college and cincinnati in this one and i think i mean cincinnati is obviously the favorite they were a seven and a half point favorite in this and never a doubt in my mind they were going to run away with this game so they won 38-6 to and uh the only the only more impressive thing than Cincinnati uh, in this game was the amount of rain that delayed this game. So
1: <laughs> you aren't kidding, man. I mean, even the weather didn't want you know good weather didn't even want to show up to this game. I don't blame them. I mean, were you really excited to see Boston College play Cincinnati? I, I really was not. I mean, Cincinnati gave up 105 rushing yards to Ritter and Michael Warren the second. And they had the exact same number of carries, the exact same number of yards. The only difference is Desmond Ritter had three touchdowns.
0: Right. Yeah, that's, Desmond Ritter really impressed me this game. Even though, I mean, he only got 95 yards through the air uh, and a touchdown. He still went 14 for 24. I don't know what QBR that equals, but it's got to be decent at least, right? That's a passing grade.
1: Yeah, it's 76.
0: How is that a seventies Okay. Anyway, I mean, I I thought it it would be like a D-plus, but a 76, I'll give it to him. Um, He looked great (laughs) this game, so I can't knock Cincinnati at all. I think we both had them, like, just killing Boston College in this game.
1: Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, they've rushed the ball 60 times, man, and put up 300 and almost 350 yards on the ground. And they held Boston College to only 2.8 yards a rush, you know, across, and – they only held them to 87 yards passing. I mean, Boston College could not muster any offense whatsoever. I mean, they were 0 for 11 on third down. And then when you look at Cincinnati, um, they were 11 for 19. And the craziest stat in the world to me, I don't think I've ever seen this, Cincinnati had 33 first downs while Boston College had eight.
0: Yeah, that's not great. I mean, their offense just couldn't get it done. Uh, The only points they scored, they scored a touchdown on a blocked field goal. That's it. And the two point conversion they couldn't get.
1: I don't know. You get you get you get it where you can, man.
0: Someone tell me why they wanted to go for two when they're down six to twenty four. Like where? What? I guess you don't have anything to lose at that point. But what do you? I mean, to be
1: well, to be fair, so if you
0: three in a row, then they would have tied the game.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I guess they were going for that, but I don't know. Man, a long
0: shot. You it, haven't scored at all until you dude, have five minutes left in the third quarter. You think you're going to make a comeback now?
1: You know what? You're in the Birmingham Bowl. You got nothing to lose. Go for that's it. A good point. Go for two. I mean, they allow Cincinnati to hold the ball for 41 minutes.
0: Yeah, you gotta.
1: They you barely gotta be had the ball man. for a quarter. That's
0: that's so gross.
1: I mean, and, you know, this stadium holds about 72,000. Only about 25,000 people even showed up for this game.
0: Yeah, I almost went to this game, but there was a monsoon, so I decided to stay at home. Um, I don't think anybody can really blame me for that one, though.
1: No. I mean, you know what? I'm calling you out. You should (laughs) have went.
0: See that's under wraps that's that's top secret uh but yeah i should have gone um i guess i would have been sitting around for ever because this game was delayed by like an hour and a half
1: right if it was more than that i think i thought it was delayed for you know two or three hours
0: it definitely could have been uh, because
1: uh, it, it was supposed to kick off at what up. uh one o'clock and i mean it didn't finish till i think after six yeah i mean that might have been like two hours but so that's pretty stout, dude. But oh, it was I mean, two. I'm
0: sorry, it started at two. It we was supposed to start at two.
1: So maybe it was about an hour an hour or two. Just know it was a ridiculously long rain delay, longer than Brandon cared to wait. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, Desmond Ritter finally, you know, showed up. I've been really, really high on him all season I think Brandon has too we've been high on Cincinnati I mean Cincinnati has been covered so much on this podcast and they performed up to par they beat a Boston College team that probably wasn't very motivated you know their head coach stepped down they're in a transition they're six and six and this Cincinnati team was one win away from probably being in the Cotton Bowl so I, I think it was a mismatch I really don't think Cincinnati should have just been a seven-point favorite. That I expected a blowout, and that's what they did. And I think the Cincinnati team is going to be really, really good next year.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's going to give Desmond Ritter another year. I mean, he'll be a junior next year. Um, I, I mean, he's been impressive throughout his freshman season, throughout his sophomore season. Uh, I guess he had the injury. Um, but but like you said, if if they would have won one more game, or maybe they hadn't lost to Memphis one of the two times they played them two weeks in a row. Uh, then they could be in a totally different situation right now. You know, they might they might not be in, in the Birmingham Bowl as a three-loss team, which is kind of ridiculous, but whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, this was definitely a fun game to watch. It, I mean, it was never really a game. I guess it was more of a blowout. But Cincinnati, very good. Keep your eye on them for next season. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and move on to the next game. So our next game was probably the best game uh, of the ones that we're covering today. We have the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl uh, between Indiana and Tennessee, and I, I'm upset about this game. So, Zach, take <laughs> go off. Go
1: ahead. No, I, I want to hear your rant, man. I, I want to hear your rant.
0: Yeah, so I watched this whole game, right? And I'm sitting there because Indiana has a pretty good lead, right? Indiana at the end of – I mean, at the end of the half, what was it? It was like 6-3. to three. That's not great. But in the third quarter, they went off. They it was they were up nineteen to nine in the third quarter. At The beginning of the fourth quarter, they were up twenty two to nine, uh, and here comes Tennessee. So Tennessee scores a touchdown with like four minutes left, and then what do they do, Zach? What happens?
1: <laughs> uh, they win the game, man. They win the yeah, game. They won
0: the game. That on, that onside kick was it was beautiful, and I didn't want to call it beautiful because I had Indiana winning this game. Yeah, you know, that's that's where you messed up. Yeah, betting. I, no. I don't know. I, see, that's I, so why I I don't know. I don't know if you can say I messed up by uh taking the opposite side of Tennessee. I think that's pretty ah, justified.
1: Dude, Tennessee's been so good lately though? What,
0: oh, they won like what, was it, 6 out of the last 7 games. Whatever. I, all I remember is the beginning of the season where I was yelling "Fire, Jeremy Pruitt!" every other episode or every episode, really. I had Tennessee's my garbage fire like six times. That's what I remember, and I, they hurt me, so I wanted them to feel my pain.
1: Well, uh, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna lay off of you, bro. I'm just gonna lay off of you. Um, you know, like Brandon said, Indiana. I mean, let's see. It was what six to three. Yeah, there wasn't six got up three to, at
0: halftime. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and they
1: got up to twenty-two to nine with about ten minutes left, and just Tennessee just did Tennessee things. I guess I don't know. Jeremy Pruitt uh, did something. I guess I, I really don't know. I mean, it just it's so hard to win when you have Jared uh, Jared uh, throwing sucks. two interception. He had a fifteen QBR, dude. I hate him. I can't stand this guy. He's so bad. And like, and they what, play, re- they play super super well when they uh, start. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Brian Moore, which is the backup quarterback. I know. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, for the life of me,
0: I don't know why they they were playing Jarrett. Well, I don't, how what is it? his last name's pissing me off. I'll be honest with you. Jared Guarantano. I'm not trying to get canceled right now, so excuse me for what I just said. but jeez, dude, I mean, they were talking do you remember in the uh when Tennessee was playing Alabama and they were talking about how bad this guy was before he came in? then they subbed him in and then he lost the game for Tennessee.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's that's what happened. I, I do want to highlight one kid though, Eric Gray, uh the freshman running back from Memphis, who really didn't start until about mid year. And he had the he had a few big games toward the end of the season to kind of spark this offense. He's been on a roll. He had 14 carries. I don't know why Todd Chandler got twelve. Todd Chandler only averaged two point nine yards a carry. And they're taking oh. carries from Eric. No they're taking carries from Eric Gray that was averaging over six yards a carry gotcha okay and had a touchdown Eric Gray should be getting the ball more and I'm really interested to see how this kid plays throughout his career because I think he has a promising promising future and to stay on the running game I think that's really what cost Indiana the game because when you're coming down with a lead man you have to be able to burn some clock milk that clock as much as you can they couldn't run the ball they averaged 2.5 yards a rush throughout the entire game only 76 total yards rushing and you, that's not how you secure a game, man. I mean, you can't keep it in the air. They, they. I just feel like the lack of running game by Indiana and Tennessee's front seven played a huge role in how this game really turned out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what was uh what was Peyton Ramsey's QBR in this one? Because he didn't have a great game through the air, but he, he you know, he didn't. I mean, he got it done on his feet. I guess he
1: was Indiana's um, leading rusher. He had uh, he had a QBR of fifty three.
0: Yeah, see, that's better than 15. Um, I don't know. He didn't have, like, an amazing game by any means. He didn't have any passing touchdowns. He had an interception. Uh, he had one rushing touchdown, but other than that, I mean, I mean, it's it's Peyton Ramsey. So we're not sitting here expecting Heisman-type numbers out of him. But, you know, he, he got it done enough to where he kept Indiana in this game. Um, and without certain circumstances, Indiana might have won this game. But Tennessee – I don't even want to say it's what Tennessee does because this is not what they do. Tennessee loses football games, so I don't even know what that means when you say Tennessee did what they what they do.
1: Uh, I mean, I just, because the, the, what I meant by that is you never know what to expect from Tennessee, man. I mean, uh, you just really do you because they go be from lo- that they, they go from losing to Georgia State and BYU. 0 two, everyone's like, are they going to win a game this year? So they go in eight and five. Yeah, whatever. I, I don't believe in them. Frauds. I'll oh, we're going to get back to them. But, well, I have an award for them. They're in my awards. We'll get back to Tennessee later. But let's go ahead and move on to the next one because I, I don't want to spoil it for our, all our listeners out there.
0: Yeah, we've, so our next game is uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Fantastic. Yeah, buddy.
1: Eight. Fantastic
0: game. Not really, but it was it was the Mac versus the mid uh, the, versus the Mountain West Conference. So we had Ohio playing Nevada in this one. Well, I mean, it's beautiful. Ohio he, won thirty to twenty-one. Uh, beautiful.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. You weren't looking at any. You weren't looking at the box score, correct? No. All right. I'm gonna give you two different quarterback stats, and I want you to guess their QBRs. Okay. Oh, okay. So, first, we have a guy who went 9 for 17, 144 yards for an 8.5 average. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Then we have another quarterback who went 31 for 49 for over 400 yards oh and a touchdown. What, what, what What's the QBR for QB1 and QB2? And I'm assuming you probably, like, QB2 is higher. QB2 is higher? No, I'm to say, I, I'm assuming that, like...
0: Well, that's what I would think, but uh, since you're asking me, I have to think that QB1 <laughs> is higher somehow. No, though, okay,
1: so if you were the QBR guy, what would you give each of these quarterbacks?
0: Oh, I mean, if it were if it were my decision, I'd give QB1, like, a, like a 36. That's failing, for sure. Nine for 17, get out of here. Uh, 144 yards, no touchdown. No interception, so I guess that's pretty good. I'll knock him up to a 43. Um and another quarterback? Would you say you said he was uh, 402 f- yards passing? Yeah, a touchdown. Um, I think he like 30. You say 31 for 49? Yeah. Uh, I'll give him. That's pretty good. Uh, I'd give that like an 89. That's that's fantastic.
1: Okay. So QB two over 400 yards passing was Carson Strong for Nevada. His QBR was a 49.
0: No, he failed. He had yeah, half of ne- what I just said. <laughs>
1: Nathan Rourke, QB1, 9 for 17, 144 yards, had a QB of 94.
0: Get out of
1: here.
0: Okay, I, <laughs> I quit. I quit. Zach, I quit. Go ahead and take it over. I'll, I'll be back whenever uh-huh. I feel like I deserve to be back. Is-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know how this is calculated, my guy. We're going to have a whole episode in the all season just based on QBR. Yeah, we're going to
0: lead a, a, a Khan Academy class on how to calculate QBR. That's, that's my mission for the off-season. We've got to get there. <laughs> Yeah. I, you Dude, know what? I'm going to Google I, right now because I've, I, I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to look this up. I, I'm going to Google right now to type in how the hell is QBR calculated. How but, is QBR calculated? Let's go, gonna, entertain the people. I'll be back.
1: No, nah, bro, you're gonna get a pop up that literally says like you're asking too many questions. Oh, I know, I know. That's my FBI
0: agent is he's looking at me dead through my camera right now. I can see it, um, <laughs> or I know he is. I you know I don't know for sure, but
1: um. oh god, bro. But just uh, just blows my mind that this game was still pretty much a blowout. I mean, Nevada had to score 12 unanswered in the fourth quarter to even make this game look competitive, and. I mean, with the, if your quarterback throws for 402 yards, I, I don't understand how this happens. But you know how it happens? You have 29 rushing yards on 19 attempts. That is a measly 1.5 yards per carry. And then your opponent rushes for 285 and holds the ball for over 30 minutes. That's exactly how it happens, guys. And really and truly, Nevada is lucky that they they got two late touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Both scored within uh, under the five minute mark because this game was thirty to nine going into the fourth. And I think Nevada padded the stats a little bit toward the end, and they tried to make a run for it, but Ohio was just too strong. And I believe we both picked Ohio.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I did. I picked Ohio. I picked Ohio because I love Maction. Um, so I had I had to go with the home team. Not even the home team, but my home team at heart because Maction is fantastic
1: i'll i'll give you that i'll give you that um i i just i don't know man this game i watched about half of this game um you know your boy has a full-time job he had to work i was following on my phone sick, dude. <laughs> but ohio was a 10-point favorite so this was a bad beat
0: yeah yeah it was this this is the definition of a bad beat um they were very close to covering couldn't do it uh and, and they didn't do it in the fourth quarter because I mean, going into the fourth quarter, the score was 30 to nine. I mean, if you're, I mean, if you are a compulsive gambler, couldn't be me. Um, then you're looking at the score at the end of the third quarter and you're like, Oh man, I'm feeling good about that action. I got Ohio minus 10. Let's go. And then Nevada just scores. Uh, what do they do? They they scored a touchdown. They scored two touchdowns, two yeah. touchdowns. Um, that's hilarious. They had their, they had their first, uh, they had the kick blocked on their first touchdown. Their PAT, it was blocked. Yeah. Uh, didn't get the two point conversion on the second one, but I mean, to, to, they couldn't cover. Uh, so that's, that's an upsetting day for gamblers across the nation. Also, I found how QBR is calculated and I still don't understand it. So we'll leave the Khan Academy class later on. Apparently QBR equals what well, I don't know what G is. It's, g times adjusted epa over action plays i don't know what any of those words mean so we'll get back to you on this <laughs> this is insane oh, and did God, you know that, did you know that uh plays that occur in garbage time are discounted by as much as 30% i don't know how they figured that out but they did so qbr very complicated we have our top scientists on the case
1: yeah there you go we'll, we'll figure it out later guys but um Yeah, I mean, when your quarterback only puts up 144 yards, you have to be able to rely on the run game. And I, I think Ohio controlled the clock. You know, they forced a few turnovers from Nevada to kind of counter their own mistakes. And I, I I just think Ohio was the better team overall. And I don't think this game was as close as the final score indicated.
0: No, it wasn't. And like I said, they—I mean, Nevada basically had two garbage time touchdowns. I mean, without those, Ohio covers. uh, that's really it. Ohio covers, so I don't want to talk about this game anymore. Get this oh, I, garbage I, I, out of my I, face. I just
1: want I want to talk about the next game. Let's let's get it, son.
0: Yeah, we don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, so the next game, let's go ahead and skip the Armed Forces Bowl. Let's move on to the Lending
1: Tree Bowl. No, no, we gotta talk about the uh, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. All
0: right, let's talk about the Armed Forces Bowl, but. By we, I mean you can talk about the Armed Forces Bowl because I'm still upset.
1: No, I just want to know what happened, Brandon. I, I, don't, I don't know. I if don't I know. This I, game. You know what?
0: I don't know because apparently <laughs> Southern Miss decides, hey, you know what? We're going to come out of the gate scoring 44-yard touchdown pass uh, to Quez Watkins. Incredible. Uh, I mean, the, the, they missed the field goal after, of course, because it's, if you know anything about Southern Miss football, you know that they were going to do that. Um, and then Jack Abraham, you know the passer that I wanted to cover in the in our pick six before we had this game, he ran in for a touchdown, so he already had a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown um and then for the rest of the game, they didn't score i don't even they must have just left i don 't know what happened. I remember feeling really good when they were up thirteen to nothing though and then then they lost thirteen to thirty so
1: yeah to the top hmm. i guess Brandon it 's not a good look.
0: No, see, the, and the problem with this for me, it, it's not even that Southern Miss lost. It's that Southern Miss lost to the New Orleans School of Bartending at Tulane. So, it's, oh, Dude, Tulane's
1: a pretty good school. I don't know why you talk your crap.
0: Yeah, you know, the Tulane School of, of Medicine and Bartending. So that's who they lost to.
1: Medicine's pretty strong, bro. Whatever. I mean, you know, I just want to shout out Justin McMillan. He had a one heck of a game. The QBR strikes again because this makes no sense. Um, Justin McMillan was 13 for 18, 215 yards for a 12 yard average per completion, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and had a 48 QBR. That's almost passing. Yeah, but then Jack Abraham went 17 for 23 for only 167 and one touchdown. He had a 65.
0: That's hey, 17 for 23. I'm not mad at that. That's I don't want to hear it. Completions. Only 16 completions. I don't want
1: to hear it. I don't care. He only and threw one touchdown. All, well, His average was five yards less than Justin McMillan's, and he had two less touchdowns.
0: It was not five yards less. It was like
1: two yards less, Zach. It was 7.3 to 11.9, Brandon.
0: Okay, well, if you want, that's four, so do math
1: oh. before you come at me. You know what, and then I don't think Russia's taken into account because Justin McMillan had more rush yards than uh, Jack Abraham, of course, because Jack Dude, Abraham I just told
0: it. you how it was calculated it's It's
1: g um, times upset.
0: total EPA over action plays. I already told you that Zach, if you can't do that in your head, then I'm sorry <laughs>
1: i'm just I'm just pissed off, and why why is Tate Watley even on scholarship for Southern miss? what is this kid i don't know i don't nine for 22 and two interceptions he had a qbr of three yeah
0: i don't i don't understand i don't even know why he played he did i don't know i'm just
1: i'm very upset about this brandon as you could tell
0: no i know i can i can hear it in your voice i know i know
1: Uh, and this is your school
0: dude it's not i mean kind of
1: I I mean, you went there for a year, and your fiancé graduated from there. Your sister goes. I mean, you got some connections, bro. Uh, Way to
0: dox me on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I I get it, okay? I
1: get it. Oh, God, it's out at everybody. I'm I'm going to
0: bleep that out. Don't worry about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I, I do want to talk about Quez Watkins. This kid is going to be a stud in the NFL. He did declare for the draft officially. Uh, But he had nine catches for 154 yards. That's 17 yards per catch. He had a touchdown. He
0: really is absolute stud. He's by by. I mean, it's not even close. He's the best player on Southern Miss's team.
1: Yeah. Well, now he's gone. So we'll see how that turns out for Southern Miss. But I thought he's he's he was the one bright spot for Southern Miss. But Tulane just overall played a better game. They scored 24 points in the third quarter.
0: I know. It's I know.
1: That, that's tough, bro.
0: I know it's tough. I mean, I watched this game. I, I understand how tough it was. It was bad.
1: <laughs> uh, not as bad as our next bowl game, the Lending Tree Bowl, Brandon's favorite bowl game of the year. First of I'll all, here.
0: I need to address this. The Lending Tree Bowl? Are you kidding me? You're really going to try to sell your uh, your mortgage company to us right now?
1: Uh, I, I don't man.
0: know. This is football. We're not talking about if you're a football guy then you're not very happy about having a mortgage so just why would you even do this this is like it's like adding salt to the wound so uh with the Lending Tree Bowl it's I mean this is the bowl game where we're from uh, I'm gonna go ahead and dox this and Zach doxed me so um anyway we had we had UL versus Miami of Ohio um I I had Louisiana I had uh Louisiana Lafayette in this one I think did you have them
1: yeah, we both did. We, we yeah. both picked blowout. But, yeah, I mean, it's agents, actually it was a pretty good game. Did you watch this game?
0: This game was insane. Yes. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I ever saw. I, I mean, there were. I understand that this wasn't a full action game. But Miami of Ohio is. And then you get uh, Louisiana Lafayette out of, the, out of the fun belt. And then that just that's a recipe for disaster. Okay. That's insanity uh, in its purest form. And it, it was. That's exactly what it was. When I mean, we saw snaps being fumbled and then losses of like 37 yards on a on like a third and goal. So I mean, to knock, I think it was to knock Miami of Ohio out of field goal range. It was hilarious. Oh, the funniest man. thing I ever saw.
1: It's it's just uh, I I don't know. I mean, I watched this game early and I was getting kind of worried when uh, Miami of Ohio scored in the second quarter. It was a scoreless first quarter and they took the 7-0 lead and I was like. Ooh, I, th- I, th- I think we might have uh, screwed this one up, guys. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was stressing because we talked about how it, it, it wasn't even going to be a good game. It, this was just going to – they were going to get killed and all this stuff. And that's not what happened at all. No, not
0: even close. I, no, I, mean, just, I mean, Louisiana Lafayette was a 15-point favorite going into this one.
1: Yeah, and they won by ten. And I mean, yeah, my Ohio scored in the fourth, but I mean, that it was, that was to make it. A, that was no, I mean, that was to make it a seven-point game. I mean, it, it was not like they scored late just to make it closer. I mean, it, it was a yeah, game. Wasn't a bad beat, just, and just you sad. know, we talked. The, we talked a lot of crap about uh, Brett Gabbert, but he played one hell of a game. I mean, he didn't have a touchdown, but he didn't turn the ball over. I mean, he had over he had 250 yards, had a pretty good completion percentage.
0: But what was his QBR?
1: 64.
0: And what was uh, what was ULS?
1: 87.
0: Oh, Levi Lewis, yeah. See, Levi Lewis, incredible
1: game. Yeah, well, I was about to get there. I was about to say, but he did outplay Levi Lewis. I mean, Levi Lewis had about the same amount of yards, had two touchdowns. Oh, uh, but Levi Lewis also was the leading rusher with 62 yards. I mean, he was averaging eight yards a carry as a quarterback.
0: Yeah, it, it was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, I, I understand that most of you probably didn't watch this game. Uh, it, it was the last. It was the last bowl game before the national championship. This one's always a game. This is usually a game that I actually go to because it's like right down the street. Um, I didn't end up going to it, and that's probably for a good reason. I don't feel very safe at at uh, at Lad. Um, there's been a couple of incidences there in the past. And so I, uh, I go there occasionally, just not, not as much as I used to. Anyway, um, this game was, I mean, it was a fun one to watch. So if you missed this one, then I don't blame you, but uh, I'm sorry because this was a pretty yeah. fun game.
1: Yeah. But I mean, my of Ohio couldn't get the run game going again. I mean, they controlled the top possession though, shockingly, but they had, they averaged 2.8 yards to carry, man yeah that's that's tough that's that's real tough they were 0 for 2 on fourth downs too if you're gonna go for it on fourth downs those are those are must have uh downs right there you have to win those downs and if it usually if you see a team that goes 0 for anything on fourth down even if it's 0 for 1 they most likely probably lost a game
0: yeah that's 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 absolutely true um you know, I don't. I, I don't have like a ton of analysis for this game, other than I thought that Levi Lewis had an incredible game. Uh, Brett Gabbert didn't do as bad, but you already covered all that, so uh, I'm good to move on. So let's go ahead and do that. Uh, now we're going to move into our coaching carousel. Zach has a lot to talk about. He texted me today. He's like, you know what? We should probably do coaching carousel again, and I couldn't agree with him more because apparently. I need to just be put on old takes exposed, so if you have the if you have the recordings, go ahead and send them over uh, I'll be on there tomorrow for sure Ooh.
1: yeah, so we'll start out with that one, I guess, so as you all know, we've already covered Mississippi state firing Joe moorhead um and their top candidate um is actually not available. i'll let Brandon cover who their top candidate was as you know he said that uh he almost guarantees that that's going to be the head coach
0: yeah, Joe judge uh. You know Joe Judge, the head coach of the New York Giants. Uh, that's who I thought was going to coach Mississippi <laughs> State. Uh, and, you know, the thing that sucks about recording our podcast early, even though that's how podcasts work, we can never do this live because it's not a radio broadcast, uh, is that we're always going to be a little bit behind. So we released the episode at midnight um, yesterday. And, uh, at I mean, what time was this announced? It was announced in the morning that, that yeah. Joe Judge was getting the job in New York. Um, and the crazy thing about that is that while we were recording, I was reading articles about Joe Judge. Uh, and I saw an article from, from NYGiants.com. And I was like, what's NYGiants.com? This has got to be the best message board of all time. Uh, and all it said was that Joe Judge was being targeted by the Giants. He had an interview. Um, and I was like, yeah, whatever. He's going to go back to the school that he graduated from. Uh, turns out he wanted a head coaching job in the NFL. And if you're a special teams and wide receivers coach who can swing that, then why not? You know, I, don't, I don't disagree with that decision. I'm just upset that I was wrong.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, who? so uh, I just – I really think they're going to go all out for Todd Grantham now. Uh, they have to. They
0: have. I mean, I mean you would hope. For Mississippi State's sake, you would hope that's who they go out for. Because they're – I mean, like, they probably settle for, like, the water boy at Alabama. Um, and that's not an exaggeration. They might do that.
1: Uh, that's that's so disappointing, man.
0: Yeah, but it's Mississippi State. They're, I mean, and no offense if we have any State fans listening. I don't know that we have any – I don't know. We might. Um but that's just – I mean, if we had to sum up Mississippi State in like a sequence of events, this is it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I totally agree. I mean, I, I don't have much to say about this, but I just—I thought it would be good to cover because their leading candidate is now gone. Uh, they interviewed Gene Chizik, as we covered last episode. He just denied the job completely. Said he, he took him out of the race. So candidates are becoming real thin over here from Mississippi State. Um, So now to go to another job that just opened today um, as we're recording uh, Baylor uh, their coach Matt Rule has officially taken the Panthers job. Don't know what qualified him for that out of nowhere. But you see how much money
0: he's getting paid too. too much. He's getting it's a seven year contract for wait for it. Sixty million dollars. You're going to pay Matt Rule sixty million dollars for seven years. He's never he's coached at uh, at Temple and now Baylor, and now you're going to hire him for your NFL team, and you're going to give him sixty million dollars. That that doesn't make sense.
1: I don't even think he deserved the job in the first place. And that call me um, uneducated. um, I guess I don't know, but. I just I, – I don't see it. I mean, uh, he coached at Temple before Baylor. Turned that program around. That's great. He got Baylor from a one-win season all the way up to this year going to the Sugar Bowl. But recruiting players in college and running a college program is so much different than running an NFL program. I mean, not, well, not a program. It's a franchise. We'll go with a franchise. Uh, I mean, ask Pete Carroll. Ask Nick Saban. Uh, Yeah, I know Pete Carroll's doing real good with the Seahawks, but if you guys remember his first stint, not great. Uh, You can ask Chip Kelly. Uh, I'm just getting real Chip Kelly vibes. I think it was narrow, you know, very narrow. I think him and Lincoln Riley should not have been candidates yet. I mean, there are a lot bigger college football coaches that should have been thought of first. I mean, I'm looking at Nick Saban, Davos Sweeney, Kirby Smart, uh... Yeah, I'm thinking maybe even Dan Mullen would be a better I hire than this.
0: I, I can understand Lincoln Riley. You know, with the trend of, I, I mean, uh, we have Sean McVeigh, We have uh, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, we have so many young, offensive-minded coaches in the NFL right now that have found success that I think that giving Lincoln Riley a shot wouldn't be a terrible idea. Um, but that's, that's exactly what it would be. I mean, it would be Lincoln Riley getting a shot, not Matt Rule getting a shot. I. And I understand, I mean, to an extent, uh, we see what he did with Temple. He turned that program around, like Zach said. Uh, We see what he did with Baylor. Not only did he turn that program around, uh, but he went into a very difficult situation with Baylor. Um, I mean, we all know what happened. Uh, I'm not going to touch on that too much. Uh, You know, we don't want to get canceled again. So I understand that he's probably a very quality guy, uh, probably – A decent candidate but I don't I I, you know I'm just not convinced that he would be a great NFL coach
1: yeah uh, I just I don't know I'm I'm gonna hold out final judgment for later but I'm real interested to see how this works I I don't love the hire but what would you rate the Baylor job right now man I mean and do you see someone who might be a good candidate for it I mean do you have any predictions or I know
0: I mean other than other than like the uh, with, with the issue that Matt Rule walked into, like I just mentioned, um, you know this is this is a Power Five program. It's a Power Five program who um, just went to the Big Twelve Championship. They just went to the Sugar Bowl. Um, if they would have beaten Oklahoma, they would have been Big Twelve champions, and I mean Oklahoma wouldn't have been in the playoffs. So I I don't know. I'd probably give this opening like like an eight point four. And Dang. I okay.
1: That. I gave it a, I gave it an eight. So I'm right on the mark with that one. Yeah.
0: So that's, I think this is a good job opening uh, for, for any coach that's out there. I don't, I don't know any candidates who would take this job right now though, just because, I mean, we've already seen so many people take jobs already. I mean, who else is there? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I have someone in mind who I think would be a good fit. Um, who you got? And. Uh, I think Hugh Freeze would be an awesome hire. Uh, I was going to say that. Oh my god, I, I, really I really like, like that. that. No, we're going to talk about. That. So we're gonna we're gonna t- we're gonna talk about Hugh Freeze next. But yeah, I, th- I think Hugh Freeze. I mean, you see what he's done with, with Liberty. I mean he he led them to a seven and five record, first bowl berth, um, and just in his first year. Uh, you know, he signed an extension, which we'll get to in a second. But I think. He has the recruiting ties down south. I think if he could do it at Ole Miss in the SEC, yeah, I know there were some scandals, all that. That's, that's all fine. This dude's a high level coach, man. And yeah. I think if I think if Baylor wants to stay at the top of the Big Twelve or near the top where they are, I think a hire like Hugh Freeze is going to have to happen. Or I mean, I, they're going to have to go over so, go with someone big. I think PJ Fleck is someone they got to talk to as well. Uh I think that could be an interesting uh, conversation, but I don't think PJ is leaving Minnesota for Baylor, but you never know money talks Uh, money really talks. and we all know Texas has a lot of it.
0: Yeah. Um, Now one thing I will say, so you you said we're going to talk about the Hugh freeze thing. Is that, are we going to do that now? We're going to do that later because I've got, I've got some serious thoughts. I think we need, I think we need to do this.
1: Yeah, we, we could definitely do that now. Um, so uh, we're just going to go through. You know, we covered a lot of job openings and people who were fired. We're going to go now through some people who signed extension, who were retained. That might have been on the hot seat, so on and so forth. Uh, and Hugh Freeze actually did sign an extension to, for in Liberty at Liberty. The details were not disclosed because this is a, a private uh, religious institution, so they do not release salaries for their employees. But all that it was told is that it was a "quote unquote" long-term deal.
0: Yeah. Okay. So when you were when you mentioned Hugh Freeze for the Baylor job, you were serious. Is, is yeah. that what I'm getting? No, no, that yeah. no. See, I wasn't. Um, so adding Hugh Freeze to this Baylor team is kind of like like a tiny step up from Art Briles. You know that, that's, that that sounds ridiculous. But what did Hugh Freeze do when he was at Ole Miss? I don't think that they're willing to take that risk with a head coach like Hugh Freeze. You know, whether or not he's kind of turned things around, quote unquote. You know, because we don't. Who knows? Um, I don't think that would be a very good choice for Baylor this time.
1: I don't know, man. I, I really think he learned his lesson. I really do. I don't think he is. I, I really do. I, I I think people deserve second chances. I mean, he didn't do what Art Bryles did. No, or it like, wasn't. Even, it or, wasn't or, okay. So yeah. when I
0: said Art Bryles, that that was an over-exaggeration. I shouldn't have said that. Um, but, I mean, what he did wasn't, like, a great thing. And I think that if you're Baylor, you're trying to recover your image. I don't think that you want – I mean, even if that was, what, like two years ago now? Yeah. Uh, still, no, three. Three years ago. Yeah. Still. I mean that's still too soon.
1: I don't know, man. I I, I, I like the extension by Liberty because why not try to keep Hugh Freeze? Yeah. But no, I think I, I, I think that. I I think Baylor at this point more like I think it's been a, a long enough now where now they care about winning and Hugh Freeze will win at Baylor. Okay. If he's winning at Liberty, he's winning at Baylor.
0: Okay. I mean fair enough. It's just the only and, and I don't think that he's a bad fit minus the actions I don't think he's a bad fit for this job I just I don't know that Baylor's willing to take a chance with that after I mean I mean their name got dragged like through the mud for oh a good uh, reason I mean for an yeah. absolutely amazing reason you know they deserved every bit of that um but I don't think they're willing to take a chance with the, I mean I don't think they're
1: willing to take, take a chance with Hugh Freeze at this point
0: maybe a couple years down the road but I don't know about right now.
1: Yeah. I- I don't know. I I really, I'm just really torn about it. We'll see. Uh, I'll just say we'll see. I think depending on how they view what happened, I, I think that's going to play a huge thing. But we'll see. Uh, but to move on to the next person, I, I, I cannot wait to hear your opinions on this. We have Clay Helton being retained. <laughs> um, they're going 13 and 11 the past two years. Um, how bad of a move is this for USC?
0: Okay, so bad move. Don't get me wrong. Uh, if I had to rate it, I give it like a two point eight. That's awful. Um, but that's up from like the one point two that I had them at. It, that's just because you know the recruiting class suffered this year, um, and I think that it, I think it suffered. Um, you know, mostly because they were unsure about the future for Clay Helton uh i mean we had usc's ad coming out and saying that he had a job for next year but nothing more like he never he never i mean everything else is uncertain so what do you do if you're a recruit are you going to want to go to a school who doesn't know the future about their head coach they don't have very much confidence in him it sounds like or would you rather go to the school that's going to fire this head coach who maybe did pretty okay this season uh but they're probably going to move on to bigger things at some point or would you rather, I mean, go to a school where you know the future of their head coach is, like, certain? I mean, you're not going to want right. to go to a school where they don't, where they don't have the confidence in their head coach. So I think that's why their uh, the recruiting class is suffering this year. But by extending him, it, you know, it may be a, too little too late at this point, but it's still a better move than just leaving it up in the air and uncertain. You have to do something. You have to either fire this guy or you have to give him a little bit of an extension. You can't leave it up in the air like that and expect to get recruits.
1: Uh, I don't know, man. I, I really I I think it was too little too late, man. Everyone knows, even though he was extended, that he's not gonna be there long term.
0: No, and here's the defense for my argument though, because it's USC. So let's think about that. How much money do you think that USC boosters have, Zach? More money uh, than we could ever fathom, right? Yeah. So What do they have to lose by signing him to a contract? Like if the AD hadn't been like, hey, we have him for one more year. uh, You sign this guy for maybe a five-year contract. uh, Don't give him that much money. I mean, I don't know how much money Clay Hilton's making, but it can't be that much. So like, he can't be making like like Matt Rule amounts of money right now. So sign him for five years. Sign him for – for $15 million and then pay him off because you have that money. But make your certain a little bit more future for that recruit who's on the edge. Don't make it uncertain to where they know they're going to be switching coaches in a couple, in a, in a couple of games, maybe.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, I mean, I, just- yeah. I, I feel that. I mean, that's a respect. I just, I just think recruits know the deeper thing. I think they know if he goes seven and five, six and six again this year, it's, it's a wrap. Regardless of what they say.
0: No, yeah, man, um, it's true.
1: I just I don't I don't believe the front they're putting on, but to go to a coach that is successful got extended and I'm just I, I don't think he'll be at the school for much longer. James Franklin, uh, Penn oh, State man. extended through twenty twenty five.
0: Incredible coach, first of all. And you know, I, I I'm not gonna knock the guy. I, I like the way that he that he calls football games, I like the way that he coaches um and you're right i don't think he'll be at penn state for very much longer i think he's going to be at like an actual contender before too long I mean, he's too good of a okay. coach to not or, or in the nfl even
1: this is a really really hot take uh, i haven't really expressed this to anybody alabama's not getting davo swinney when nick saban retires i They're think not. james franklin is might be the replacement
0: yeah, yeah, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from with that. I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Yeah, I agree with you," because I, I mean, obviously, that is a hot take. Uh, that's kind of out of nowhere. But continue. Go ahead and give your well. I'm
1: mean, like he. Well, I mean, he came from Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, we had Vanderbilt doing really, really well. He can recruit SEC country. I think he enjoyed playing in the SEC. It's just you know, you don't want to stay at Vandy for too long. You know what happ- You know what's going to happen? Look at Derek Mason. Um. But I think he found him a good niche at Penn State, and I just think he's waiting for a big contender job. He's looking. He's waiting for the Georgia. He's waiting for the Florida. He's waiting for the Clemson, Alabama, something like that to open up, and he'll and he'll leave because I really think he wants a chance to show that he's one of the best coaches in the country. Because I I think he's really underrated, even though a lot of people think he's a good coach. I would say he is one of probably the top six, seven head coaches in the country. Yeah, if I mean. if not top five.
0: And I'd be surprised if an NFL team didn't try to come down and swoop him up before too long. I mean, we still got some of those openings, um, but I don't know. I guess only time will tell on that one. But, yeah, I I like the move by Penn State. Extend this guy as long as you can. Through 2025, that sounds perfect to me.
1: Yep, a thousand percent. And another guy who no way he's at this this school for (laughs) much longer. We have P.J. Fleck. No, no. Um, so extended as well, and I think – I don't know if there was, a, I guess, a more deserving extension than this one.
0: Yeah. Well, what, do you know what the numbers were?
1: Uh, I do not. I just know he got extended. I don't think they've released him. I think it's like a seven-year extension or something crazy no, like that, crazy. but I don't think the salary has been released yet.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I like the move. I mean, if you're Minnesota, do everything you can to keep him there, Um, like you said. He's also not going to stay there very much longer, I don't think. Uh, and I expressed that yesterday. Um, and I think that the college football world needs to be like on alert for whenever he gets to a to a real contender. I mean, look what he did with Minnesota. There's no reason that Minnesota should have the record that they had this year. What do they? Have? They had like two losses this year. They lost yeah, to Wisconsin, eleven lost, two. Yeah. So they won eleven and two. There's no. I mean, when's the last time Minnesota did that? Um, never. So yeah absolutely incredible uh by pj fleck he's a super villain he's whatever you want to call him but he's a great head football coach
1: um so i got some breaking news real quick um there are reports coming out of starkville uh even though this won't be breaking news when this comes out we have breaking news as we're recording so you guys know the deal um if there's anyone listening that wants to make this like a real radio show hit us up i will drop out of grad school <laughs> immediately and brandon will also Oh, you're Um, making
0: executive decisions right now.
1: Let's take it slow. Yes, at The Athletic, at ESPN. um, Anyway, uh, Steve Sarkeesian and Mississippi State are rumored to be in serious uh, contract negotiations. Oh, wow, really? That's crazy. Yes. So another Alabama assistant going to another SEC school.
0: Uh, Who broke that? Was it ESPN or was it? uh,
1: Um, Saturday Down South.
0: Saturday Down South. Wow. Wow, that's uh, incredible! If that's true, that's an incredible hire by Mississippi State. Like I couldn't—I mean, I was just sitting over here trashing them. But if you can get Steve Sarkeesian, I think that's—you don't—I mean, you think it's bad, don't don't you?
1: No, I, I don't think it's bad. I, I think it's a respectable hire.
0: I think it's a respectable hire for Mississippi State. You know, I—I I don't know. That, that's that's pretty good in my yeah. opinion, anyway.
1: It is. And another coach that got extended, Mike Leach, Washington State. <laughs> oh man really uh i'll I like it i guess i mean uh where, where's washington state going for mike leach
0: <sighs> nowhere I, I really thought there was a chance that he would not be at washington state next year and i didn't know if that i was agree because he was going to leave or he was going to get fired but after this season i thought some kind of change was coming
1: yeah, uh, I I think Mike Leach might retire Washington State. I, I just think he does. He just doesn't care anymore. He just likes talking to the media randomly and you know making up fake mascot Pac-12 fights. But
0: <laughs> yeah, I to, mean you gotta love that.
1: Though. Yeah, but to go to an even worse, I, I think this was uh, I don't know. I, I'm really torn on this one. Um, another Pac-12 coach, Kevin Kevin Sumlin was retained by Arizona even after going nine and fifteen through his time at Arizona and only six and 12 in conference play. Really awful. Yeah.
0: Terrible. Mark it down.
1: Um, if you guys don't remember who Kevin Sullivan is, he was the coach for Texas A&M that brought, um, Johnny Manziel in. Uh, he was the head coach for Texas A&M for a few years, got fired of course, cause he couldn't get him over the hump. And now he landed at Arizona. Everyone thought he was going to do big things. Um, with with the talent they had at Arizona, they um had Tate at quarterback, one of the the most explosive quarterbacks in the country at the time. He just he I mean he just tore that kid apart. I mean they can't get the offense going. They can't they can't find any consistency. I think they should have fired him this year. And I, if I had to put money on a coach not being at their school next year because they got fired, Kevin Sullivan is that guy. And I, I think he goes back to being a. Uh, assistant somewhere because i think um after two failed head coaching jobs at texas a&m and arizona i think that might be a wrap
0: yeah i mean i don't understand how he just got extended that's ridiculous to me or retained i mean to do what he's doing with arizona uh, and it's not like arizona is a big football school don't get me wrong i mean they've had a couple of good seasons but um, nothing incredible but you don't want to stick with that do you I mean, when you have options, you're a big school like Arizona. You'd think that you would at least, I mean, weigh out your options, right?
1: Mm, you would think, but uh, here we are with him coming back again.
0: Yeah, that's jeez. I, I I don't
1: I don't know what 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 the plan was there. Uh, I don't know what the plan was. Um, you know, with with the hire in the first place. Um, I just, I, I'm not sure what what they were thinking here. I think he's going next year though, and, and I, I think that might be a wrap, man. I mean, if you, if you can't win the SEC, if you can't win something meaningful with Johnny Manziel as your quarterback, I, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Yeah, I mean, one of the most explosive kids we've seen ever in college football.
2: But absolutely
1: to go to go to the SEC for our last two uh, coaches in coaching carousel, we have two coaches that were retained. One I agree with. One I do not. Uh, We have Will Muschamp at South Carolina was retained. And uh, I'm here to say I agree with it, but I think the seat is um, literally in hell on fire.
0: It's on fire. I mean, this is definitely the hot. I mean, I, I guess he beat Georgia this year, but really what else did South Carolina do? Like they weren't bowl eligible this year, right?
1: Mm. Uh, no they were not bowl eligible yeah they missed it because remember they lost to um, Appalachian State at home
0: yeah Appalachian State was good it's just I don't know South Carolina to think they were what they were this past decade and then all of a sudden they are just I mean they're not even bowl eligible it's I don't know you've got to do something better than this
1: I I, I think he's going to be along with Kevin Sumlin but I think Will Muschamp will get another job he I will. just don't I think mean, he'll be in the SEC.
0: No, no. He'll get he'll get a, he'll get a little bit of a smaller job than that. Um, you know, it may not even be like a power five school. He may get like a group of five school and have to prove himself or, again before he can get to power five.
1: Or, or he can go back to being a defensive coordinator because he's one hell of a defensive coordinator, oh, yeah. man.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely.
1: But uh, the last one, uh, I, I don't know what to do with this guy. Derek Mason was retained at Vanderbilt 27 and 47 and has never had a winning re- record, even though he's been to two bowl games. <laughs> yeah. He lost both by the way.
0: Yeah. Well, that's he went six and seven, two years. That's just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what to even swear to even start with Derek Mason. That just,
1: it's like, I know it's hard to do it at Vanderbilt, man, but you got to at least get the bowl games. And I don't even think he's
0: like – okay, I don't want to say he's a good coach. I don't understand why he got hired at Vanderbilt. I understand that he was – what was he? He was like a defensive coordinator at Stanford before this or or like their associate head coach, something like that. I don't know. You – he needs to be a defensive coordinator. He needs to be a defensive backs coach because that's his strong suit. He does not need to be a head football coach. Especially not in the SEC. I understand it's Vanderbilt, but come on, yep. it's, it's it's ridiculous.
1: I, I, I don't know what to do, man. I, I think he'll be looking for another job. And uh, like like you said, I, I just I don't know. I just he has not performed up to the standard that Vanderbilt or even himself most likely Which had is set crazy for them.
0: Because what kind of standards did Vanderbilt have for him? You know it's Vanderbilt Linslow, I mean, it, it's I don't know. It's awful. I mean his overall record with Vanderbilt right now, twenty seven to forty seven. Yeah. How does that not get you fired? Oh, I, I mean, know. if you're anybody else, you're getting fired. Apparently, and I don't know. I don't know how he kept his job. This doesn't make sense. But anyway, let's go ahead and move on from him because he's it's making me angry now. <laughs>
1: Oh, God. But, yeah, that is a wrap on coaching carousel for now. Uh, those are the biggest, you know, retained head coaches. We talked about the two biggest openings. Um, yeah, and it's, I'm sure more going to open as it keeps going because um, Baylor and Mississippi State are going to have to hire somebody and there are going to be jobs opening somewhere. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, and so let's go ahead and move into our next segment. We have, uh, we're going to cover a few more players that have declared for the draft, some that have uh, decided to stay um Zach did his homework so he's also going to lead this segment off for us so whenever you're ready man
1: uh yeah she got as you as you see guys this uh i, I lead this podcast um yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so first we have two Florida defensive backs um we have Marco Wilson and CJ Henderson both are projected to go pretty high in the draft especially uh Marco Wilson but Marco Wilson decided to stay at Florida while Henderson decided to go to the NFL. Uh, I think Florida is okay with Henderson leaving now that Wilson's coming back because Marco Wilson coming back. That is that that might be one of the biggest returns in all of the country.
0: Yeah. I mean, and we're not talking about a team that's really struggling defensive wise. I mean, Florida's defense was one of the best in the sec. I think they led the sec in sacks this past year um, or this past season. Anyway, I mean, they, I mean Dan Mullen's jumping for joy somewhere. I mean, he's in Gainesville, but he is losing his mind. He is he's overwhelmed with joy at this moment because he's coming back.
1: Yeah. I yeah. uh, I think this I think okay, I'm here to say if we had to make predictions right this second, I'm picking Florida to to win the SEC next year.
0: Really? You think it's going to be that drastic?
1: I think they're going to be really good next year, man.
0: I mean, I know Kyle Trask is going to be good. They just lost their starting running back
1: uh, to the draft. Okay, they have a really, really good recruiting class coming in. They have talent. Dan Mullen is getting his players in. Alabama's taking a step back. LSU's taking a leap and bound step back. On, it, Auburn's on, taking a step. Uh, no, dude, Joe Burrow Joe is a Burrow. once. I mean, did Joe Burrow is a once in a lifetime player, son? What are you talking about? Look at Auburn know, after they lost and Cam bounds, Newton. though. Yeah, yes. but that okay, Lynch but that was bounce. under Gene Chiswick. LSU won't win nine games next year.
0: <laughs> okay, well we'll do this after
1: the podcast. This is where <laughs> Zach
0: starts getting real little ridiculous. Continue with what you were saying uh,
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I think and I, I really think with all the talent Georgia has leaving, I think for the East is wide open for Florida to take it. I really do. I think Ford will be in Atlanta and I think Ford has a good chance of taking the entire SEC next year. I will stand by that. And when we get to predictions this summer, I will also stand by that. I was, I was, no one can, no one can fight me on this. I was one of the only people in August and July that said I had LSU winning the SEC and going to the playoffs. Yeah, that's fair enough. I was, I literally do not know a single other person that was making that prediction.
0: well, so, welcome to the Nostradamus podcast uh, featuring Zach McKennell um, on the call because he knows everything.
1: So, There we go. Oh, I can't wait to cover this one, though. We're going to move on for Brandon has a stroke when I tell him LSU is going to lose to literally everyone next year. Um, we have Brandon's favorite player from the fav- his favorite school. Sam Ellinger is coming back for one more year beat up, and how excited are you?
0: I'm excited because he's not – I mean, he's not – he's he, okay. In one word, if I had to describe Sam Ellinger, I would say mediocre. So I, I'm ecstatic. Um, I'm glad that Texas is not going to be back for at least one more year. They'll probably uh, win a bowl you know, game because that's what they're really good at, but other than that. What,
1: would, what are you going to do if he's just like the next Joe Burrow and he just comes out and breaks all Burrow's records to Texas with the championship?
0: I don't know. I'm going to have to do something, though. I'll have to get like a – I'll say it. I mean, if Texas wins the championship next year and hold me to it, I'll get a, I'll get a, not even a horns down tattoo. I'll get a longhorn tattoo. I promise. If Clemson, if, if Texas wins the national championship in 20, in January of 2021, I will get a Texas Longhorns tattoo permanently on my body. They're not
1: going to, okay, bet. I'm back. You know, uh, that's going on social media, so everyone remembers that.
0: They, I don't that. care. They, we, we can do that. I, they're not going to win. They're not good. I mean, they're not good. Horns down.
1: Ah, <sighs> Yeah, I'm actually kind of glad he's coming back, though, to be completely honest with you, because he's not ready for the NFL. He would be maybe a fifth, sixth-round quarterback at best, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he's one of those guys that – you know who he reminds me of? Zach Mettenberger. Zach Mettenberger. I like
1: that. I like that. It
0: makes sense. I mean, they're the same guy, I think. They have their moments. Um People think that that's the quarterback that's going to lead this team uh, to it to a, a conference championship or or to the playoff, but they're just not. Well, I guess Zach Mettenberger didn't have a chance to get in the playoff, but um, well, <laughs>
1: that's that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I I can say I think he, I I do think he could be a backup. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, he'll be a
0: Jared Stidham.
1: Oh yeah, a thousand percent. I just ooh. I don't know. Brady might leave. Uh, Jarius did him to the Super Bowl next year. I'm just
0: <laughs> listen. I'm just, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, you know what? He might actually be starting for the Patriots next year. So I'll I'll be slow to speak next time. I promise.
1: Uh I just I'm interested. I really, really am interested in this whole decision. Uh, but. We'll see. we'll see how he does next year. But the next one, I think, is – is, well, let's see. We have all SEC players except for one, one more person. Uh, we have Savan Ahmed for Washington, the starting running back, declared for the NFL. Just another big loss for Washington, I think.
0: I was about to say, I'm, I, I was very impressed every single time that I saw this kid play. Um, and especially the one time that I was very impressed with him was when, in his game against Oregon. And the uh, he had a
1: hell of a game,
0: yeah, he did I mean it was it was incredible. Um, I really thought Washington was going to win that game, and if they would have given him the ball maybe a few more times, then they might have won that game, so uh, that's shame on you, Washington um, but i can 't really blame you. your season wasn 't very great. maybe give this kid the ball more no, it 's too late now, so don 't
1: yeah i i i don 't know, I like the decision just because I think he's he 's going to be fine i don 't know how. I don't know how much his draft stock could have actually improved, you know, coming back, especially with the loss of Eason and a lot of other players. I I think I think it was a good decision. I think he's going to be a mid-round pick, third-sixth, third to sixth round, and he'll sit a few years, develop. But I think he'll be a a long-term player in the league, and I I, I like his decision. Right, Um, but. To move on uh, to a Mississippi State player, another Mississippi State player declared. I don't blame him. We already went through all the drama. We have Cam uh, Dantzler, another big-time player from Mississippi State. I mean, Mississippi State has lost almost all of their impact players from this year's team. And
0: that's true, and that that's that's hilarious because to say that Mississippi State had a handful of impact players is ridiculous. Well, they did. I mean, they had they had players that made this team the. What well, I mean, they finished six and seven. They were the six and seven team. They were the best six and seven team you get.
1: Yeah, and I, so the thing that's going to get me about this um, is, so with all these players leaving, it's going to make, it's going to make these people real. It's going to make this job really, really hard to sell to potential candidates.
0: Yeah, it really, yeah it will for sure. I mean, who's gonna? I mean, well, I guess I guess the Sarkeesian's pretty interested right now, um, if that report's correct. But I mean, with all these players leaving, um, I mean that's probably why they've had. I understand the job has only been open for a few days, but the candidates they've been focusing on. I mean, Joe Judge went to the Giants. Um, I mean, Gene Chizik just wasn't interested. So, well, I mean. Uh, we we've probably already seen some of the uh, consequences of of the players leaving.
1: Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I just I feel bad for Mississippi State fans. So I think it's going to be a long few years. I mean, they thought the early two thousands were bad. This is about to be, oh, and this is about to be terrible. Uh, it's going to get way worse. And then to wrap this up, we have two Auburn players that we have not covered. Uh, I try to avoid biases, but I feel like. We do have to talk about Auburn sometimes. Um, Nick Coe and Noah Ig- Igbenogany. And as of a few about an hour ago, right about the time we started recording, the punter Aaron Sipas also declared. So Auburn's got three people who declared for the draft, a punter, their cornerback, and a, deep, a defensive end. And I think all three of these are huge losses. And this is going to sound crazy. I think the punter is the biggest loss.
0: Really? I would have given this uh, one to he, Nick Co. I thought Nick Co. really made an impact. So here's
1: why here, here's why I don't give it to Nick Co. It he actually got benched halfway through this year. Okay. Fair. And he had a lot of issues with the coaching staff. He wasn't doing what he needed to do and got benched. Yeah. And actually left the team before the bowl game. And I just I don't think his heart was in it anymore, man. And uh, as Auburn is the same as LSU, Alabama, Florida, Georgia. They they got defensive linemen on call. Right. I mean, there's they're four three, four deep, and we saw that with Auburn this year. Even in the LSU game, Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson were not the only impact players on that defensive line. No. Uh and so I think they're gonna be okay. They have some really good recruits coming in on the defensive line. They got multiple, you know, top hundred defensive ends and so on. And Noah Aboganin, uh Ig Benogany, I cannot say that name, even as an Auburn fan. Um, Auburn has two junior college secondary players coming in this offseason. Uh, one from Blink Community College, which is where Cam Newton was from, and I believe one out of Mississippi, and they have a and they're stacked in the secondary for their recruiting. They have five secondary players coming in this next recruiting class, all of them four stars or higher. I think. I really think this is this is a good thing for Auburn. They can help. They can let these junior college players get their playing time, and that's why you recruit junior college players. But Aaron Sipos was a rugby, professional rugby player in Australia, and he turned Auburn's punting game around when it was in the dumps. And I think Aaron Sipos is going to be a long-time NFL punter, and I think. This kid's got serious talent. He's been on the Ray Guy watch list twice, and I think if he would have came back, he probably would have been the favorite to win the Ray Guy next year.
0: Yeah, I I, I can see where you're coming from with that. Uh, very good punter, kind of. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, doggy for going with him as the best player to leave. Is he a junior? Well,
1: yeah, he's a junior. Really. Okay. Yeah, he came. He was a freshman. At, I think he was twenty-five when he was a freshman. So, as like I every think he's, BYU I, player. Yeah, I think he's declaring because he knows his NFL. He has to make money eventually. That's, Yeah. And you know, if you're already tw- if you're already what he's he'd be almost twenty-eight now. I mean, so you'd be almost thirty if you stayed this whole time. And they, so I, I think it was a good thing for him to leave. And I I, I will never knock a kid for leaving. Um, you know, for that type of reason, I know financial things get in the way and I think he has the stock. I mean, how much can a punter really improve his stock?
0: Right. Absolutely. I mean, unless he just came out and had an actual Ray guy year, then I, I don't guess he could really at all.
1: Yeah, uh, but yeah, that is a wrap on, uh, I guess, our decision uh, NFL declare uh, segment, all that stuff. Um, we're going to keep you all updated because there's still players that haven't announced. Uh, we're looking at you, Najee Harris. Can you please let us know what you're doing?
0: Yeah, Jake Fromm, let us know what's happening.
1: Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, so now we're going to go to our award ceremony for the bowl games. That's right. man um,
0: it's the first annual Blue Bloods College Football Bowl Awards. I don't know how we did it. Well, I know how we did it. We did it because we just made it up. So that, that, I guess that's how. Anyway, so we've got our award ceremony about to happen. We've got a couple of different categories here, but well, let's go ahead and kick this one off with our snooze fest of this bowl season. Zach, what did you have for this one?
1: Uh, I had the Birmingham. I had the Birmingham Bowl.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: Um, you know, it, to sleep. it was. I get that. Yeah, rain puts people to sleep. And then once it started, uh, Cincinnati just absolutely took care of business against um, Boston College. And uh, it was not a good game. It was not a fun game to watch. I mean, we highlighted how bad Boston College played. 33 first downs for Cincinnati to eight for Boston College. Uh, Tom possession just – it was a horrible game to watch. It wasn't fun. There was water all over the camera. There was no one in the stands. You probably were better taking a nap than watching this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, good thing the rain did that for all of us. Uh, My snooze fest of this bowl season, I have the quick lane bowl. And before Zach gets on my back about this one, I know what you're all thinking. Wasn't that the really close game between Pitt and Eastern Michigan? Yeah, it was. It was a really good game. The reason this is my snooze fest is because the Eastern Michigan quarterback, Mike Glass III, literally slept that referee at the end of the game. So snooze fest, that's mine.
1: Uh, I, I'm, it, it kind of was. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I respect that pick. Do you? I mean, he put the ref to sleep. So that's, I mean, I, need I say more? I like it. I I, I like the logic there, man. I I like how you think on that third level. I'm I'm for it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, Are we picking a winner or are we just just both picking our own winners?
1: Yeah, we're just going to pick our own. Um, We're we're, we're over
0: fighting like we did during first team. Yeah, we
1: are over fighting. We're not putting this up for vote. We (laughs) got a already. but we're going to post these on social media. Uh, You can let us know uh, where we were wrong because apparently y'all really like doing that and I love it. I, I have I, I love when y'all are just like, you know what? The a- Alabama players should be at every single position on the defense. Yeah.
0: Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. You get it. Uh, I, mean, you I love it. Wait until I love we put the offense out, and someone's like, why isn't Tua at quarterback? Well, no,
1: I'm going to have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's go
0: ahead and move on. Our next category is the most exciting game. Zach started out Snooze Fest, so I'll start this one out. My most exciting game of this bowl season was the fiesta bowl the fiesta bowl between oak or not oklahoma sorry oklahoma that game awful um ohio state and clemson this game i mean just down to the wire i mean from kickoff to the end of the game this game was so exciting at least in my opinion um i mean it, the game was decided by a last i mean a last second interception in the end zone by uh by clemson um both of these teams played very well and uh, I guess you could say the better team walked away victorious uh I guess you know I don't know a lot of people have a lot of different opinions but I've got this game it's my most exciting game this was the game I liked watching the most for sure
1: I also have the fiesta bowl yeah Um, good reason I mean dude this game had everything I mean how could you not pick this game I think there was only one other game that you could have maybe picked for this um But just between the stakes, the NFL talent, the controversy, the amazing head coaches, the just uh, this game literally had it all, and this game is going to go down. I think you know if you're ranking the games of the decade, this this game has to be top five.
0: No, I mean I I definitely see where you're coming from with that one. So yeah, all right. Our next uh, category is the hype train and this is the game that we have chosen that is going to give a team hype going into the next season, maybe undeservedly, maybe not, we don't know, but it's going to hype them up for next season. It's going to make people think they're better than they really are. So uh, who did you have for this one, Zach? Uh,
1: I have the winner of the Gator Bowl, the Tennessee Volunteers. There you go. Uh, I think I think the hype is going to be just – absolutely out, just outrageous for this Tennessee team and Jeremy Pruitt. I actually think they may be ranked to start the season. That's really? how high this hype is going to be. I really think so. I have a feeling they're going to be in the 20 to 25 range. And if they're not, they're going to be right outside. So if they win their first week, they'll be ranked. I think it, the, they are going to be the Texas of you know this previous year where Texas goes and wins their bowl game impressively and everyone says Texas is going to be the next team to watch out for. I have a sneaky feeling a lot of people are going to be picking Tennessee to be the dark horse in the SEC.
0: Ugh, don't do that to me. Don't pull that Nebraska bullcrap. Don't do that. Not on my show. Um, so for my hype train pick, I've got the winner of the Cotton Bowl, Penn State beating Memphis – and I don't think that a lot of this hype is overrated. I just it is overrated. It's not super overrated though. Um, now the thing about this game is that Penn State's offense finally showcase like they put they put that on full display. Uh, they showed that they do have an offense they can score uh, the defense didn't look great, which was very uncharacteristic of this Penn State team. Um, but I don't think that Penn State's going to be like in like an amazing team next year. I think they're going to be good. Um, I don't think that they're going to end up winning the Big Ten. You know, I don't think that sort of thing is going to happen. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that they are going to be the most hyped team coming out of this bowl season.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I, I agree. I think Penn State. I, I really. I don't know. I, I was impressed with Penn State, though. To be completely honest with yeah, you. See,
0: that's what I'm saying. You you were impressed. You, you think they have yeah. a hype behind them? See, they even tricked you. Uh, uh.
1: So, they, they, were my, they were my number two for uh, one of our other categories.
0: Okay. Uh, I got gotcha. you. All right, so our next category, we have the meaningless shootout. So this is just a game that was high-scoring for no reason. Like who, who cared about this game? Uh, and my pick for this one is the Iron Bowl because that's not even really a real bowl game. 48-35. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I also have a real bowl game that was meaningless. That that didn't matter.
1: I like that. I like that a lot.
0: But my real bowl game, I've got the Frisco Bowl. It was. I do too. State and Kent State. Yeah, you you take this one. I'll take the Iron Bowl. That's fine. I'll take the Iron Bowl.
1: No, I mean it's all good. I mean, I I think I I really, I I really think this was might have been one of the only options. I mean, to put up 92 points between two seven and six teams. (laughs) I mean, can anything be more meaningless to play in Frisco, Texas (laughs) in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Bowl? (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, guys, this this speaks for itself. I mean, uh, Jordan Love is the only reason anyone actually might have cared about this game. No one cared about how Dustin Crum played or Kent State's ugly yellow highlighter (laughs) uniforms or anything else about this game. I mean, the Golden Flashes versus the Aggies probably didn't do it for you. So I'm going with this. It's just the most meaningless game in general.
0: All right, there we go. You heard it from Zach first. Um, So our second-to-last category, we have the most impressive team of this bowl season. Uh, Zach, it's your turn to pick. So who do you have?
1: Uh, So the most impressive bowl performance, I have Clemson. Yeah, I do too.
0: Uh, You know what? At first, I had LSU written down, but I'm not going to jinx them like that. I'm going with Clemson.
1: My my number two is Penn State. Um, uh, I had Penn State at two, and that's just because of the upset potential of the matchup and how they really took care of business uh, in that game. But I'm I'm going with Clemson. No one had a better performance than Clemson. Uh, Yeah, Joe Burrow lit up the scoreboard, but Clemson beat Ohio State, and that was national championship. I guess, appetizer. I mean, that easily was a national championship game, in my opinion. Uh, it had everything, like we already talked about, it had everything. And the way Clemson came back from 16 nothing to win that game, that was so impressive. We already knew Joe Burrow was going to throw for a million yards on Oklahoma's defense. He, LSU played a hell of a game, amazing job, but Clemson deserves this award more than LSU, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely, and that's why I had Clemson, really. I mean, I'm not going to – I know I said that it was was to not jinx LSU, but Clemson looked incredible. Um, So with our final category, we have our most valuable player of bowl season, Um, and I'll kick this one off, I guess. So my most valuable player of this bowl season is the referee that overturned the catch and fumble return in the Fiesta Bowl. Actually, I have Trevor Lawrence. Who else? Who else besides Trevor Lawrence, Zach? Because after all the crap that this kid got this year – People saying that he's – I mean, people are calling this a sophomore slump. He didn't play as well as he did his freshman year, I don't guess. But, I mean, this kid was incredible all year. Uh, I mean, he came out in this game, had 260 yards in the air, two touchdowns passing. And then not only that, he rushed for 107 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and that made all the difference for this Clemson team in the end. And it got them to the national championship. So, I mean, without Trevor Lawrence, I don't, I don't think Clemson makes it the national championship this year. So yep. that's, that's uh, exactly what most percent. valuable player means. So that's you – know, without him, then they may not be in the position they're in. So I've got him.
1: Uh, for my most valuable player, I had Lawrence second. Uh, th- this one, uh, I had to go with this kid. Uh, I'm really high on this kid. I like the story. I like what he did. I'm going with Lynn Bowden, Jr. All right. I mean, I know it wasn't a national semifinal game. I know it wasn't for all the marbles or anything, but this kid played wide receiver, man, and gave up on his dreams to play wide receiver in the NFL, to play quarterback, and ran for 232 yards and threw a game-winning touchdown pass in the final second, man. There was not a more clutch performance than Lynn Bowden Jr., and there's no one that was actually more valuable to his team than Lynn Bowden Jr, and I will argue that to the like, to the death. The only thing missed him was the stakes of the game, and you can argue that winning the boat ball was just as important to Kentucky as for Clemson to win that game.
0: Yeah, I mean I get what you're saying. Um, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying, but Lynn Bowden Jr. has been a real asset to this Kentucky team all season long, so. Uh, I can't knock you for that pick. But that yeah. is going to conclude uh our first annual college football bowl awards. We've got more awards uh coming so don't worry. This isn't this isn't going to be the last one. Um anyway, that's our show for today. Uh yeah, buddy. make sure you keep listening. We I think we have another one coming out tomorrow, is that right?
1: Yeah. yeah, our national championship preview, guys. Yeah, so be here for that one. We've been working hard.
0: Um you know, I don't know how many of you uh record a podcast of your own. Maybe none of you, who knows, but recording every single night is really something. Uh, but we're doing it for you guys. We're doing it for us. You know, whoever we're doing it for, we're doing it for somebody anyway. So just make sure you're subscribed. That makes all the difference in the world. Uh, make sure you're listening to these episodes, uh, read our blog, you know, follow us on social media. Um, uh, Zach's plugged that the past couple episodes. We don't have any more. Well, actually, we do have more votes. So yeah, plug it, yeah, we'll,
1: we'll yeah. Plug some more. Yeah, we do. We do have more votes coming tomorrow. Kicker comes out, um, and then um, on let's see what on Thursday we have um, punter coming out, and then we have punt returner coming out. We agreed on kick returner and head coach, so those are not going to be up for vote, and we will release those on our social media just like we did. Um, on for our defense, you guys seem to like that one. Y'all had some problems with a few players, which I got it. Um, so <laughs> we, we let understand. us know what you, yeah, let us know what you think about our, our special teams and um, our offense. But Instagram, where the votes will be, is at the underscore blue bloods, it'll be on our story. So look for, out for the story at the top of your Instagram. Um, and on Facebook, it is at the blue bloods pod, and that will just be a post. Um, so look look for that vote share it so all everyone else can hear about the podcast maybe get some more listeners and they can get their opinion in on the last few votes of this all decade team and maybe you know 10 years from this podcast is still going you guys can vote on the next all decade team
0: yeah for sure Uh, so like I said make sure you're subscribed make sure that you keep listening Uh, leave a review you know if you leave a review you leave a comment we'll read it on the show we have made that abundantly clear. Haven't said in a while, but it's still, it's still up for grabs. Um, so do that. Make sure you tell everybody, you know, about the show, uh, the more we can grow the better, the more content we can bring you guys. Uh, but until next time, I guess, which is tomorrow, uh, we are out.
1: It's going to be ridiculous.